Mike Phillips is the most capped international scrum half in Wales' history. But he's now moved on from his rugby days and runs a rugby academy in Dubai. He joined Esquire Middle East for a special Q&A podcast to talk about life after professional sports, mental health for professional athletes and raising awareness for the issue, as well as his beloved rugby academy and being a new dad. Thank you so much for joining us for uh, for the Esquire Q and A podcast today. We're so happy to have you in our studio. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Um, just a quick, so quick question. While I was doing some research on you, I came across the word scrum half. Now I'm not a big rugby fan. Yeah. Um, I've never seen a game. I don't know the rules. And you know, while a lot of people have, can you please explain to me what exactly a scrum half does? It's a good question, actually. Um, well, I think it's generally back in the day, it was just a position where if you were the smallest, I mean, rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes. And I think um, generally back in the day, it would be the smallest guy would be the scrum half. So generally, uh, maybe, you know, under six foot, definitely, you know, so uh, and his job is literally to pass the ball away from every sort of um, situation really that happens in rugby, you know, so and he would have to be quick and sharp and athletic and um and that was his role and he wasn't really physical at all he kept away from the sort of contact and um but when I came along I think that's why I was different is because I'm six foot three six foot four and um it kind of there hadn't been a, a six foot three scrum half before so it kind of changed the whole landscape of it and um which I took it as um I could do more. I could do. I could do all the passing things and the elements, but then also I could contribute more in the physical game as well. So, uh, and that's one thing I, why I wanted to. When I chose the position, everyone told me at the start, "Oh, you're going to be too tall. You're too big for the position," which is quite ironic, really, in rugby, which is a game all about size and power. And um, but I was just headstrong that you know, no, this is a position I want to play and I want to make it. And, you know, I kind of didn't listen to those people telling me that I was too tall and I needed to change my position. So I knew that I could influence the game by being bigger and stronger and, and also having the skill set to be able to pass the ball quickly away from um, the contact areas. So, yeah, a bit of a long answer there, but I think <laughs> basically it. So were you the shortest player on the team when you came around? Or how, how, what's the range of, you know, height size in, in a rugby team? Yeah, the, the, the so the shortest guy would be someone like when I played would be Shane Williams, who was um, at the time in two thousand eight. He was voted the world's best player. I think he's probably five foot eight, uh, maybe even shorter. Man, that's taller than I am. <laughs> I don't um, think that's pretty. Maybe short. shorter, and then the tallest guy would have been Luke Chartres, who's six foot eight, uh, six foot ten, six foot ten. Sorry, um, so he was really tall. Wow. So it varies, and then all, like I said, it's a game for all shapes and sizes, and all different personalities, and it's um, that's the beauty of the game. You know, it, it's uh, it's a game for everyone. Now, obviously, the Welsh are uh, rugby mad. You know, for them, you know, the game of rugby means a lot. You know, yeah. for them, for the the rugby games to go their way means a lot as well. Was there a lot of pressure on you when you were playing for the team? Massive pressure, yeah, massive pressure, and I think. Um, you know, luckily as a professional, you're kind of kept in a little bit of a bubble. 
and um, which is great. And um, yeah, but you, you can, whenever you're walking down the streets, you know, everybody's got a comment to say. And in Wales, everybody thinks they're the best rugby person in the world. And it's difficult at times when things are not going so well and to be headstrong and just to concentrate on, you know, on your role in the team and to be positive. Um, yeah, it's tough, you know, it's really tough. But um, yeah, it's like a religion in Wales. The whole country stops when Wales play rugby and everybody watches it. And it's intense, you know, so, but that's the beauty, that's the great thing about it. It's a lot of pressure, but you, it's important to, to thrive on that pressure and to, you know, to, to, to ride it, you know, in the right way. It's kind of like how, you know, when England's playing the World Cup in football or, you know, when India play cricket, I think that's the analogy that you would describe when, you know, Wales is playing rugby, you'd think? Massively, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, um, I mean, rugby is bigger than football in Wales. I mean, it's, um. Yeah, I mean it's it's all over the it's all over the world. Um, you know, people all over the world, Welsh people, they've come to me and they oh we you know we were in Thailand or we were in Australia. And we were, it's it's um, it does grab everyone's attention when you're Welsh. It's um, it's it's just you sort of grown up with it really. So you know, for young aspiring athletes growing up you know being a professional athlete seems to be like the dream job one can have from you know jetting off to play in different countries to you know actually being at the peak of your you know career playing for your national team what was it like being a professional player athlete yeah it's um that is amazing you know um it's kind of it's difficult though because when you're there and as a professional and when you're so competitive and headstrong it's all about the next game and you're, you you know you can't really you're just so focused on on the next performance and uh, you're driven by results you know if you lose on a saturday you know i used to get so down for the next couple of days and it's yeah i was sometimes i was too harsh on myself but you've got to be harsh on yourself to be success you know you can never be happy with a performance really you know, in the games I, pl I played over 90 odd times for Wales. And I can honestly say when I walked off the pitch, I was probably only happy with five or six performances because I knew that I, I was just striving to get better and better all the time. So the minute that you take a step back and think, oh, this is great, you know, we're flying out to Australia and we're going to New Zealand. But it's not about, it's, you're just so focused and you're so determined and, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to remain in that sort of goal and, um, be headstrong you know so my mother used to be oh you know you're so lucky you're going in but it's not a holiday you know it's it's hard work and it's you know you have to be so focused to remain at the top you know and like in this week's sport you see the likes of Tiger Woods for example I mean he's he's so headstrong and that's why he's you know he's remained at the top for so many years you know a very good comeback too very good amazing 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 but I think it's more his mindset is is stronger than anybody else's and I think that's the big thing about being a professional athlete is, you know, sometimes you have to be selfish and take away self away from everybody else, and it's tough. You know, it's, it's you've got to sacrifice a lot, but um, yeah, you've got to be so headstrong. Now, with being a professional athlete comes obviously the glitz and glamour of of being a professional athlete at the top of his game. Um, what was that transition like? You know, to go, you know, by day playing for the national team, and then by night, you know a page three reporters following you everywhere taking pictures of you you know uh, <laughs> um yeah i mean i, I kind of uh it's hard it's it's um 
you like, you know, I liked, you know, being, you know, pictured or whatever at certain times in my career. It was nice, but um, I always remained f- focused as well. I mean, um, um, I mean, I had a high-profile relationship once, and I didn't. A part of me didn't like it because I didn't want to be known for that. I wanted to be known as a top rugby player, and um, you know, I was all about the rugby really. But you know, there's a part of me that liked the uh, attention and things, but. You know, everyone does, you know, but you want it for the right reasons and you want it because you've performed well on a Saturday and you've you've won a tournament or you've won a Grand Slam for Wales. And, you know, so you want it for the right reasons as well. You don't want it for um, any other reason, really. So what was your regular training regime like when you were, you know, when you were playing professionally? Because we, d- we did speak a little bit about the gym before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we had a chat about how my... I, my wife went to the gym and she said, I watched this good film in the gym. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, as a professional, you can't go to the gym and watch films. And, um, you know, it's not a place where you go to, to enjoy, really. It's a place you go to really push yourself to the limit. And, you know, everyone's there trying to be competitive and you're looking for that extra, you know, 1%. Uh, and at the highest level, that's what it's about. You know, it's, you know, you win and lose a game, you know, for a World Cup or, you know, we lost you know, World Cup semi-final games by a matter of inches, you know, and, and that's, the dif- that's the difference of being in the gym and going that extra, you know, 10 seconds or whatever it is you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, now it's much nicer. I can go to the gym and I can relax and, you know, take a step back and just enjoy it. Um, but when you're there, it is really intense and um, um, you do feel the pressure of, you know, having to get better every time you go into a gym or onto the rugby field. So... It's uh, much, you know, I don't miss that side of it at all. So you quit playing professional rugby a couple of years ago in 2015, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. About four years um, ago. What has the transition been like from, you know, playing professionally and training seven days a week, eating right, um, you know, all those things that come with being a professional athlete to, you know, life after playing professional sports? Yeah, it's it's quite mad actually because it's it's like when you're in school, you think you're there forever, don't you? When you're in school, and then all of a sudden that comes and goes. And I guess it's similar to rugby; you just think you're there for you're there forever. You know, sometimes the world is on your shoulders, and sometimes you're on top of the world, and <clears throat> you go through such an amount amount of it's a it is an emotional roller coaster. And uh, all of a sudden, then that comes to a halt, and you're in the real world, so to speak. You know, and um, you're there to fend for yourself. So. Um, it's tough and I guess my whole life has been my I've had one goal and that was to play rugby um, and to be the very best at it and, and now I guess trying to find different goals but you know you know other things have come into my life you know I got married and got a family of my own and um, moving to Dubai and you know setting up um, a rugby academy for kids and um, other things like motivational speaking going on and appearances and doing things in the media with with rugby and so there's lots going on but I guess I'm still looking for that the next dream really what is my next sort of um, you know aspiration in life what I really want to achieve you know so I'm trying a lot of different things at the minute um, enjoying myself and you know you know trying to um, you know work hard in many different ways and you know doing my coaching badges and things and um, starting off, you know, with the kids' academy and enjoying that, and you know, really, it's really rewarding actually helping kids and getting them into rugby. 
um, and seeing how that goes forward. But yeah, trying a lot of different things and seeing what 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 really sticks with me. Really, was it hard when you woke up the day after you quit professional sports and like, what am I going to do with all my time? No, it wasn't hard because at the end, when you wake up, you can honestly you take about. I used to take well, not so much now because I'm out. I'm, been out of the game but you know you you take a few hours to warm up you know you can't you know everything's hurting in your body your back's tight and you you know you walk with a limp and uh, it's all this and I need a hip operation for example so everything's hurting and I know that I give everything on the field so I know that that stage of my life has, has come and gone and uh, you know I appreciate it so much and I loved it and I'm proud of what I did uh, but it's about the next chapter now, and um, yeah, and it's it's exciting, really. You know, it's um, you don't have to do all that training, which is nice. But you can do other things, and uh, it's it's just exciting, really. Now you're a new father. Uh, you've had a baby girl, I boy, bo- a baby boy recently. Yeah. What, what what's it been like the transition to fatherhood? Oh, it's been brilliant. It's been. Um, yeah, you obviously when you're not a father, you hear all you know the um, you know the lines of oh, it's life changing, and it's you kind of don't really you know listen too much to it until it's happened to you. And uh, yeah, it's the best thing ever. It really is the best thing ever, and uh, he's growing so quick. And uh, yeah, it's the um, it's better than any you know, obviously better than any win in rugby or tournament or it's. Um, yeah, it's just been fantastic. I love it. And uh, it's great to spend so much time with him. Um, I'm happy I've done it this way as well. And not, you know, a lot of players have kids when they're young and, and that's fine, you know, but with rugby, you're always away a lot. So, yeah, get, getting to spend a lot of time with him and seeing him grow up and he's growing about a foot every day. So it's uh, it goes so quick and it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. Now, you know, why Dubai? You know, you played in Wales all your life. Um, you spent a chunk of your life there. What made you move out to Dubai? It's probably more my wife' decision, really. And um, and I, you know, on the back of it, you know, Dubai is such a a wonderful place to come and and you know invent yourself as well. And it's so um, I think it's really rewarding if you're willing to work hard. And you know, I think it's a fantastic place. It's very safe. It's um, we love it here. I mean, it's great for kids and to uh, to have a family. So it's um, we've loved it. You know, everyone's so friendly and, yeah, like I said, if you're willing to work hard and you know you can be a success. And um, you know, we absolutely love it. You know, for those reasons. And yeah, like my husband always says in our house, it's like what the wife wants, the wife. Can. Yeah, she's the boss. Yeah, wife's the boss. So I had to, I had to uh, just follow really. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you've recently launched the Mike Phillips uh, Rugby Academy in Dubai. Yeah. So tell me a bit more about how that came about, um, you know, the transition from quitting professional sports, moving to Dubai, um, having a baby, and then, you know, launching this academy, which is, you could say, in a way, your other baby. Yeah. Yeah, something nice. I think, you know, rugby's been all my life and um, from a very young age, and I guess through professionalism I've been coached by you know the best coaches in the world and um, so I've got a lot of knowledge obviously on the game and it's nice to be able to sort of to give something back and to sort of um, in the academy at the minute it's still it's still in a building process but I think it's really important that um, 
and I know a lot of people give a lot of time up in Dubai and a lot of dads give a lot of time and, and that's great and um, but it's something that's quite nice it's important the kids get good quality coaching as well and um, you know and you know through my experience and knowledge that I've had over the years I think it's um, it's nice to be able to help and, and to get kids into rugby as well you know we um, last year every kid that we had in the academy was uh, was new to rugby and they loved it you know and uh, it's a game of expression and it's a game of fun and I think um, sometimes in the media you know at the highest level obviously it's it's physical and it's um, of course it can be dangerous but you know for for young kids I mean um, you regulate that and it's all about you know fitness and having fun and, and ball skills and agility and, and and all the values as well that come with rugby about discipline and um you know teamwork and there's some great ethics in the game and um yeah you know respect and um so it's so all those kind of values we're trying to um push through to the kids really and to uh, get them an understanding of the game and, and just get them into sport and being active and having fun really so uh, it's been really enjoyable and uh, this Saturday we, we're going indoors we, we're indoors in Formac school from nine o'clock so um, I come down there and enjoying the fun so because the weather's getting a bit hot now. I mean you honest. definitely cannot play outside in the summer yes yeah, so yeah it's too hot so um, <laughs> yeah. especially little kids out in the summer yeah little, and it's great to see kids running around having fun and it just reminds me really of being that age and falling in love with rugby really so it's it's nice to see him running around with the ball in the hands and um you know smiling and laughing and and having fun what's the most rewarding experience of sort of training children um i think it's brilliant i think they're so uh, they're like sponges and they and they you know they improve so quickly and it's just seeing them you know, when they come up to you at the end and say, thank you, we really enjoyed it. And that's probably, that's the main thing, as long as they enjoy it and have fun. And like I said, they're smiling and they're happy and, and they're being active, you know, whether it's rugby or any sport. I think it's it's so important to be active and healthy, you know, as a as a young child. It's, it's really important. Uh, we all know the, uh, the reasons for that. Do you want your son to play professional rugby? Yeah, well, if he can do whatever he wants. Um there's more money in football, <laughs> but uh, no, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. It's, um, I think he's going to be quite tall because he's he's growing every sort of minute. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind what sport or you know whatever he wants to do. He can do whatever he wants to do in life, and we'll support him all the way, really. Now, you were recently revealed as one of Esquire's best dressed men for 2019. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Do you look at yourself as a as one of the best dressed men around the world? You, um, would you around say? the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been telling people years for I, I am, but uh, I don't know. People haven't believed me. No, <laughs> um, no I like uh, I like clothes. I like to try and look good. Anyway, I like uh, yeah, I like to um, present myself in a, you know in a, in, a, in the right fashion when I when I when you go out for dinner or something or an event. Yeah, it's nice to, to try and look good, isn't it? You know, and um, to feel good. But I don't rely on clothes to, to you know, to, to make me happy, really. You know, it's... Uh, but, um, yeah, it's nice to, to obviously look good. And if people think that I dress well, then that's obviously a ni nice thing to do. And so, you know, with dressing well, obviously, do you have a love for watches as well? Yeah, well, yeah, we've... Um, 
I think um, I bought myself a nice Panerai um, when I retired. Um, bit of like a thank you to myself, really, <laughs> which is quite um, arrogant. Like but, a you did it present. Yeah, like a you saying. did it. And um, I did it after I played for the Lions as well, the British Nice Lions in 2009. I bought myself a watch. But it was a bit more of a bling-bling watch at that stage. Which you know, one was? It was like um, Breitling with diamonds and... It was a different stage of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I got rid of that and then... Um, you didn't keep it in the safe, you know? No, I like... got rid of it. And then those those days are gone. And then uh, a bit more sort of down to earth now. Yeah, so a bit more uh, slick. <laughs> the slick and classic, classic look. Which is fair. Um, now, anything that, you know, what do you like the most about living in Dubai because the city is like constantly changing do you think you know from when you moved to about 30 years ago there wasn't really sports representation in Dubai at all but now you know you have football academies rugby academies tennis academies golf academies popping up everywhere around how important do you think the city takes sports now yes yeah, it's, it's, it's really important as we talked about just with regards to health and being active and for young kids you know it's um it's really rewarding. I mean, I, I grew up I grew up in West Wales. I grew up on a dairy farm. So, you know, I was surrounded by fields and acres of space and I could do anything I wanted to. And, you know, that's where I dreamt about becoming a professional, you know, sportsman, really. So, um, you know, have, given that there's so much opportunities here for kids, really, um, which is nice in a way. And sometimes but when you've got a rugby academy <laughs> and the kids are saying, oh, we're doing, we're going skiing this weekend. It's quite crazy, but um, it's great. You know, it's great that the kids have the opportunity and, um, um, you know, it's it's great that um, they have that. Um, but yeah, having an array of different sports is wonderful. I think I came here in 2002, I think, for the rugby sevens. And uh, it was a lot different back then. Um I couldn't believe it really it was um it was mainly all desert and there was a rugby pitch in the middle of nowhere and that was interesting but I loved it and it was um yeah it's changed so dramatically over you know over 10 years or 15 years but it's great and I think um so many diverse groups of people and everyone gets on so well and it's um it's a brilliant place to live really now it's funny you mentioned the rugby sevens because for for listeners outside of Dubai, they probably don't realize just how crazy this town is for the Rugby Sevens. Yeah. It's a wild day in the city every time it comes around. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Um, but that's great. I think that's um, everyone enjoys themselves. And um, um, like I said, it's, it's it's all about having fun. And it's um, people let their hair down, you know, for those for that period of time. And um, and the rugby is entertaining as well. You know, it's a, it's a really entertaining game. Obviously, there's only seven players on a on a large rugby field, so there's lots of tries and lots of excitement. And I think people perhaps get carried away with a bit of that, really. So it's um, it's good fun. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? Five years. Um, I think we we love it here in Dubai. I think it's great. I think we'll um, we're settled. Um, you know the in-laws around at the minute so it's great it's great for kids and um, you know it's so safe and um, I think it's great opportunities here like I said if you're willing to work hard and um, you know we've met so many great people and um, you know people opening doors as well which is great and um, 
yeah, you know, it's uh, we're really, really happy. We love it, and you know, obviously, look forward to going back to the UK. Um, I'm going back to the UK now in the summer and doing like kids camps over there and doing a bit of a UK tour, which is <clears throat> which is fun and exciting. But um, yeah, we love it in Dubai, and we're looking forward to the future of being here. You've transitioned from a professional athlete into, you know, life after professional sports. Very seamlessly, it seems like, you know, you have sort of followed your thought process in the way that you're, you're doing what you love. Do you think it's it's difficult for, for some professional athletes to make that switch? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it is tough, actually. And it's, it's quite, it's in the media a lot now. And it was in the media yesterday, actually, about a player retiring from New Zealand and, um, yeah, mental health is a big issue, you know, I think. And rugby is such a, you know, it, it is at the, at the highest level. It's, um, you know, you do take a lot of knocks and I think um, it's tough. You know, it's not it's not easy. It's not an easy sport at all. And I think um, a lot of players have, have, have found it difficult and a lot of my friends have found it difficult uh, after retiring and haven't found their next sort of step in life or, or haven't, you know, found it difficult to sort of, go away from the professional era, uh, professional sort of time where everything is scheduled for you, you're told where to be, what to eat, you looked after so well, and then all of a sudden you're in the real world and I think you've got to fend for yourself. And some players, you know, one one in particular, a close friend of mine, he he um, he found it difficult because you go from an, a, a sort of a gladiatorial sort of, you know, living to then being in the real world and perhaps, you know, people don't, no, and they're not coming up to you and people don't want your autograph anymore and some players find it tough you know so but um um for me i you, i don't know i wouldn't say i prepared very well for it but i think you know that that the end is coming so i think you're just looking forward to the next chapter and you know you try and do do the right thing as a player you look after your finances you try and prepare for for the future and you know so you can only do your best and i think um, like I said, I did it from a very young age. I played rugby since I was seven, and um, I'm, I was happy sort of for it to come to an end. Really, I'm, I love my golf now, and I'm just <laughs> into golf. So I mean, it's um, yeah. I mean, I give everything, and I think your body can only give so much, and your mind. And I think in, in at that level, I think um, you know, for me at the minute, you know, things are going quite well, and I'm enjoying it, and um, looking forward, like I said, to the next chapter. Really. Do you think there needs to be more mental health awareness among professional athletes? It probably does, I think, to be honest. I think um, it does. I think I think it's very tough. And, yeah, I think a lot of players, professional players, are given put under so much scrutiny and pressure and everything you, you do is, is looked at. And um, it's tough, you know. And, you know, most of these most professional players are just normal, you know, normal people, you know, they're, they're, they're not, we're not super, supermen or super women, um, you know, and we all make mistakes and, you know, some people don't have that sort of network of friends or family around them. So yeah, there does need to be a little bit um, more of a stronger network around professional sports. And I think, you know, you hear about it and it's quite sad really to see a lot of professional sports people, um, yeah, find it difficult in the real world and um, to do that transition, it's not easy. Do you think it's because there's a stigma around mental health awareness where people look down 
you know, or still consider looking after your mental health is not as important as looking after your after your physical well-being. Yeah, and I think in rugby, perhaps when I when I started off, you know, it, it was more a case of it, very much the old school values of you know if you're injured, oh come on, get on, get you know, get on with it. You know, it's, it's you stop being soft and these kind of these negative things. But you know, now obviously, um, yeah, people are a lot more aware of it and. Yeah, you know, I mean, the brain is such an important, uh, you know, it's the most important thing in your body, isn't it? And, um, yeah, how you speak to people is really important. And, you know, we used to have sort of psychologists in with us at certain periods of our, you know, World Cups and and speaking to groups. And some of it would help, and a lot of players uh, use them, you know, in their own personal time as well, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important and it, you know, it's, if someone's struggling, it's important to, to put your hand up and try and seek help. You know, I think, um, you know, there's plenty of people out there that do want to help as well. And, you know, but keeping things inside is not, it's not going to help you in, in, in the long run, really. So coming to our last question, a bit of a fun one. Yeah. What is your most memorable moment in your entire career? Um, <laughs> Um, well, I think uh, probably winning the, the Grand Slams of the Wales and things, um, and I was voted the sexiest man in 2011 World Cup. That was quite good. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, but, um, no, it's true, but I'm trying to be kind. Um, but winning, winning trophies with Wales and I think winning, winning with the Lions, um, you know, winning leagues in the UK and winning the league in France. I think every time you win something, it means a lot, you know, and with that group of people and that management team. And, um, yeah, I always wanted to get into rugby and be a success. I didn't want to just sort of, you know, yeah, okay, be an international and just not win anything. You know, you, you've got to be, being a professional is all about winning, really. It's, um, and that was the most important thing to me. So, yeah, winning large tournaments and making the fans happy and, you know, just having the sense of you've achieved something is really, it was really nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Esquire Q&A podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank That's all from us this week. Stay tuned for another podcast next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget to hit subscribe.